0: This is the Check for Track podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Aaron. And we went to see The Irishman. I mean, you can't overstate how large an event this is in film history. This is one of the late movies of Martin Scorsese. While he does have other plans on the table, he has said this may be his last movie. He doesn't even know. And it also marks the coming together for the first time of, you know, Hollywood royalty. It's got Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci has come back out of retirement. It could not be a bigger deal. It's been getting excellent reviews, four stars, five stars. Haven't really seen any negativity. I think that's great. I'm glad people are enjoying it. I'm a massive Scorsese fan. That was really one of the places where I kind of got my start in loving movies. I know that Aaron's a big fan of or like a lot of his movies as well. I I don't I don't like this movie and <laughs> I think it's actually a massive shame and I don't want to be a naysayer, but I'm surprised that it's caught on as well as it has with audiences and I think you know I think the tech is great I think the possibilities are there but I actually think it's it's quite broken and I'm pretty upset about that because this might this might be it I mean even if he does make more movies nothing on a scale like this surely so that's the direction that I'm coming at yeah no, we both saw this I decided to like a week and a
1: half before we saw this I decided to read the book and I devoured that book the book is called I Heard You Paint Houses by Charles Brandt Yes. I think in the in the book there's loads of really interesting stuff I would suggest anyone read it and obviously I'd suggest anyone watch this film before we begin I think it's you know ir- irrespective and I, I agree with you I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would either but irrespective it's certainly an experience and you see some some real performances from like you said some old masters old masters at points and they make old them o- they make them older still Yeah. <laughs> but yeah I wanted to thing i want to i want to begin with from the book i think this is really interesting and again this m- like much of the book this is largely unsubstantiated in fact i've not been able to find this from any other source other than i heard you paint houses and possibly i haven't got access to it yet but a book called the quiet dawn by matthew burkbeck a-, a seemingly touted urban legend that russell buffalino played by joe pesci in this film had the final say over the final drafts of the godfather it was also instrumental in um cat like getting a a, f- a friend of his into a role in the godfather. Father, I can't remember the role specifically at the moment it was oh, it was like the lounge singer. Yeah, and they're saying such was his like power and prestige. And I tell you what, but Russell Buffalino could have used final say over was this film. I think oh, he would. Yeah. think he would have made it a lot more consistent. I mean, if you I, if I was him watching it, I'd be like, I'm confused by my own life right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when did I do what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the film has some real laudable elements. Nearly goes without saying that I think all three of the big stars put in really great performances. That's Ro- right. Yeah. Robert De Niro manages to be imposing despite being seven inches shorter than Frank Shuren was. Joe Pesci is is wonderfully subdued as Rossi yeah. Profolino and Al Pacino is still is my show at least with just a bloody electric Jimmy Hoffa like I, he felt like he could well to me I felt like he could walk away and do anything and say anything like he was acting so
0: naturalistic see Pacino as Hoffa being such a res- revelation is so bittersweet for me because I found many aspects of this movie's plot quite confusing and the context quite confusing but since having researched it more my god the character the man Jimmy Hoffa is such a fascinating person and figure in the last century's history that I feel really let down that such an excellent performance couldn't have been let loose in a better movie Definitely. that's that's kind of that's what's that's what's a shame about it because it was really good and he was such a bizarre man and not necessarily while on the on the surface you know being responsible for ordering you know lots of criminal activity he wasn't the same as your classic scorsese character he was and and this could have been the heart of the movie he was more principled he had strange principles and this was what drove i guess the conflict between him and the more well standard gangsterish scorsese movie characters that are in this film and in this story and yeah i think that's very interesting I
1: agree i think the the fact he is a union man and the fact that he essentially tries to use the mafia as a like a double edged sword to secure workers rights and does successfully use that that that, that you know that same Threat of violence and corruption to obtain workers' rights. It's such a an excellent tale for the modern era. Not not you know not like a morality play or anything. I, I guess you could paint it as such, but like mm. just the, the sheer concept of a man so dedicated to just well I mean you yeah, know two versions of it either securing workers' rights or enhancing his own prestige or both. Yeah, that he was willing to you know invite these people into his house and then if you believe the version of events in this films that those same people eventually destroying him is is fascinatingly tragic and and wonderful. Yeah, you can almost see why he should be the main character of this but again Mm. the main character is is frank and and it works it certainly works in the book better than it does could have worked better exactly in the film but this film comes with a lot of things attached to it it comes with a a book and obviously a very real history a Mm. very debated history that was kept very secret for many years and only in the last 20 years or so when many of the principal participants have started to die out has come out in any stretch of being one of the greatest disappearance mysteries of the you know the second half of the twentieth century. And it's interesting to me that this will be the definitive narrative of that for our generation. Definitely something that I don't think Frank Shuran could have envisaged. Inadvertently through this these confessions that he made to Charles Brandt, he has extended the the cultural lifespan of him and his friends and possibly even given them some sort of limited limited form of immortality.
0: It's yeah no, it's a it's a real mixed bag even outside of the actual movie. Because you're right, it has lent... We didn't know who Jimmy Hoffa was. No. You're a massive socialist. Exactly, I'm a socialist, <laughs> I'm a
1: history nerd, and somehow, I mean, maybe you could argue I'm a poor one of both of those, I didn't
0: know either of them. I didn't know anything yeah. about him, really. I'm going to be more specific about what I what didn't work about this movie for me. The thing is, is Martin Scorsese in the gangster pictures, so specifically in Goodfellas and Casino rather than Mean Streets, he, he said himself... I've never made a movie with a plot up until he made The Departed. And that was kind of a fun thing for him to say, because while it's true he didn't make movies that had standard act structures or standard story beats, they worked anyway, because they, they still took you on an emotional journey with the character, even though it was just scene to scene, loads of madness. But there was, a, there was a dream logic, or kind of like a music video logic, to Goodfellas, where it didn't get boring and it also wasn't confusing. The context of the time periods made sense, what the characters wanted even when it wasn't much or why they could or couldn't get something they wanted made sense there was always the perfect balance struck between exposition explaining something and showing something because he often tells when he could show and it works because it lets you into the you know the narrator into you know if they're unreliable or just what they have to say about something so he he is great at that yep. in the irishman it may have been too long because i was pissed off within, I'm going to roughly say it was like the first third which is a long time of a three and a half hour movie because it was, I didn't understand a lot of what was happening I kind of got the general thrust but characters would say, oh we want Cuba back because we want our casinos and I was like, okay, I'm not familiar with the period and also this film hasn't told me what happened to, like what their vested interest in, so that was difficult and I'd be like, don't worry about that, we'll get onto this later then Hoffer showed up and Hoffer was great, but what kind of Frank's involvement in the Union was, seemed largely absent, and I didn't really understand this conflict between the mob guys and the Union guys, or where it was Union guys and where it was mob guys, and it, it was so much context. For a movie that was so long, they really didn't establish a lot of quite important things and you know why there even was a rift between the union guys and the mob guys wasn't entirely clear until sort of you know towards the end and then in addition to that with the mob guys you know they they talked about how they elected kennedy and how they you know they did all this electoral fraud and immediately in the story you know the kennedy administration goes after them really really hard and as an audience member i didn't feel like that was treated as an enormous faux pas and I had to get loads of context on it afterwards. So I just, people were doing things and I didn't really know why they were doing them. It was, you know, little standard Scorsese beats that seemed out of context and incoherent. It wasn't all bad, but it was difficult to get that far into a movie before being properly invested.
1: I agree. I think that maybe because this covers so much of of history and you know, Frank Sheron was... Says he was present for so much of it that he, in the same way that he would do in like Goodfellas or something, he runs through loads of scenes that all have loads of really important context, but it's just doesn't dedicate the time to explaining them and instead decides to focus on laborious shots of people eating ice cream those helped to an extent to get us into the head of the characters and to show that these mm. characters have lives and he's yeah and he's good at that yep. yeah he is but again like there wasn't a balance here like I think maybe maybe getting a bit wistful sentimental there was a lot of like being old and looking after children in this I felt like he was all like the the Charles Brown always walks you through pretty clearly why these given people were reacting how they were to different situations which is something this film doesn't do and I, and I get that it's not a smooth transition from book to film but i mean we know scorsese can do this and it's pretty it's great yeah Yeah, exactly it's pretty appalling that he didn't i think actually one thing i want to ask you is you said obviously this film's been doing really well i'm also glad to hear it and i always find this really interesting what do you think people are seeing when they walk into this film because i agree with you i don't think people are understanding all of the historical context or if they do then i've vastly underestimated the majority of the population and their knowledge of 70s teamster
0: politics. Well, that that's the thing, and I'd just like to quickly establish something before I answer that question. When I was watching this movie, I was disappointed in myself. I was like, you should know this. I mean, you know that Castro was in power, you broadly know about the Bay of Pigs, why don't you get this? When I spoke to Aaron afterwards, not only does he know the history, he's read the book and he said, if I had not known, those things would have been largely incoherent and you agreed that that was something of a failing. So I really don't know what... I, I don't know what people... I don't know what the movie does consistently that people could catch on to. I think it it does find its feet. Spoilers. I mean, it's not a spoiler because the movie's about, you know, the assassination of Jimmy Hoffa. But in the lead up to that, where there's no going back and then Frank living beyond that, it's not perfect, but it kind of becomes a thing. But I don't really feel like that was connected. As I've said to you, I don't think the end of the movie was connected to the beginning of the movie. So I don't know what people like about it. And the thing is, I have too much respect for people to, for, to just say, I know that this kind of goes against what we said in the Blade Runner 2049 review. But I don't just want to say that people saw cool Scorsese bits and some jokes and some you know classic scorsese beatdowns, like oh if you touch her again you're dead that that kind of thing and w- went like clapped like seals and went oh good movie
1: but at the same time i don't i don't know aaron do you want my theory go um, on it'd be funny if you said no actually i shouldn't i shouldn't offer you the rhetorical question <laughs> my theory is that i think that people really enjoyed some prestige performances for some really good actors yes i think they enjoyed some vaguely snappy editing and i think frankly that you and i uh, specifically are
0: hmm.
1: perhaps the 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 ability to know some of it and not all of it is more detrimental to the watching of the film than not knowing any of it i think if you don't know any of it you can probably enjoy the film and i've spoke i spoke to someone i actually said they knew nothing about it it's not that they weren't confused but they sort of accepted that confusion because they're like "Eh, Mm. it's stuff stuff happened in history i don't know it i'll just enjoy what's in front of me and so i think perhaps when you know either none of the story or most of the story it's better but if you're in that halfway point then i think i think it becomes a wild ride of frustration because you're trying to contextualize stuff and you have a bit and you, but you don't have it all, and so you're just like, this is ridiculous. Well,
0: because I, I wanted to know. I thought it would be good. You know, it's like, ooh, um, mob interest in Cuba. So, for clarity, I now know that under Batista, the... <laughs> Dave the re- Batista. The, rest- the wrestler, yep. <laughs> Immortal uh, they, God they, Emperor Batista. They had, they had just loads and loads of casinos, and they were in hock with the government, with the state at the time, and it was making them lots of money, but under Castro they didn't. And so, you know, they even funded... They they put money and guns into Bay of Pigs as the mob alongside, you know, JFK to try and get it back. And I think that's very interesting, but I didn't know and it didn't tell me. All it told me was Joe Pesci says we need to get Cuba back. And it's like, okay, why? Just something about casino. Okay. But the other thing, I guess, that was kind of the double, the one-two hit for me, if I can be as well, charitable, Mm -hmm. to the people who like the movie, is I guess that what I was waiting for from The Irishman, and you can hear about this in the winter 2019 prediction podcast, is that I was waiting for it to show me what it was going to do that hadn't been done in Goodfellas and Casino. And the stuff that was enjoyable about it, I guess, the problem is is that the character beats and the kind of gangland, like tragedy of it, Mm -hmm. had been explored in goodfellas and casino to different extents and the thing that this movie had going for it that was gonna make it different mm-hmm. was Hoffa and the union stuff and i know how much of that stuff was in the books and they even say frank was arrested 27 times at a picket line they don't show things like that and i wanted the conf- i wanted this movie because it, it on paper it was obviously about the conflict between this union guy and the organized crime that he allowed to In fact, you know, the union was practically a fifth column in America. And then he allowed a fifth column of mobsters to arise in it. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, that was kind of Hoffa's downfall. Even though it worked for the workers for a while, like it couldn't last. He went to jail, he came back out, it didn't belong to him anymore. That's what's fascinating about it. Mm -hmm. Scorsese is too comfortable in padded, couched, dimly lit restaurants with Italian people drinking wine and talking about hits. This movie needed more of the -the on-the-ground, meat-and-potatoes, union violence you know union takeovers strike, union strike,
1: control strike breaking and then getting yeah. in mobsters to prevent strike breaking and then those same mobsters being rewarded posts yeah, yeah. exactly they're, like you said the forging of paper for locals into the yeah. election of people like tony pro into positions within the mafia and the union and that gradual like molding of the two like mm. you could make a really good cri- a crime epic about that but yeah like you said i don't think that's really what scorsese wanted and again he read that book and he didn't see a union story he saw a mob story
0: oh I was just gonna say you've said that to me quite a few times now and I don't want to believe it but it really the nail is in the coffin now I think that you are right okay to, to me it seems confusing that you even just from a newcomer's perspective that you could you could tell the story of Hoffa without thinking that one of the key things was unions I mean I know that he was you know he wasn't a silent partner he wasn't ignorant he was well into the organized crime aspect of it but he wanted good pensions and good salaries for his workers it's just that he was quite singular in that and was willing to get that by any means possible but you know there there is a dark socialism aspect to that story which is the heart of the story which is also the heart incidentally of frank robert de niro's characters conflict it tears him apart at the end because he has to he's torn between the gangster part of him and the union man part of him Mm. but that ripping apart of his character isn't set up well enough and it isn't clear enough and so what was what you know i, 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 I really like the build-up the assassination scene mm-hmm. and i really like the assassination but i just so much more of it i mean when he was on the phone with hoffa's wife who by the way is played by the babysitter from goodfellas mm-hmm. t- time waits for no one her being like where is he and he's like i don't know just stay positive that was a an okay moment that could have been so much better so much better because it should have been a fuck what the fuck have i done yeah. what the fuck have i done yeah definitely. That's, that, that's that's that, me so no, yeah when
1: he was on when when he was on the phone like i was like i should be feeling a lot more than i am right now perhaps it gets a bit swept up in the sort of forest gump aspect i know people have called frank mm. shiran the the mobsters forest gump if, if everything that he witnessed and did actually happened yeah obviously it, it goes into it shows many different you know murders it shows the murder of uh, crazy Joe Gallia it shows the murder of Albert Anastasia in the barbershop it shows the murder of Columbo the Italian American rally none of those three murders really have anything to do with the story of Jimmy Hoffa or Frank Frank Sheeran and Russell
0: Buffalino and that, that that's the that's the really annoying part for me because I was I was watching these bits I didn't know why they were relevant or if they would be relevant later they're just or famous if they were people
1: just... So that's that's, yeah. that, that's the annoying thing is they are you know like our anesthetist barbershop thing that doesn't really inform any given aspect of the film thereafter no. i mean it was obviously a big deal but it was, you know, it was probably a big deal to scorsese and you know, people making this film but not to the lives of the characters involved
0: it's hard to it's hard to put properly into words though because i appreciate that not every scene that you see in goodfellas has has some kind of overall contribution to you know the direction of the story but it, it always tells you something you know like billy bats uh well actually yeah because it, it it does and it doesn't because billy bats is just more like tough guy mobster stuff and you know that leads later to they've got to dig him up they have to keep it secret because he was a made guy and then how about Spider so Spider in Goodfellas is just the guy who brings them drinks and then too many times you know Nicky played by uh, sorry Joe Pesci Mm -hmm. too many times he just goes crazy and once he shoots him in the foot and the next time because he gives him lip he shoots (laughs) him in the head (laughs) and the thing is that doesn't that doesn't need to be in there but Mm -hmm. the reason it's in there is because it shows that at the beginning you know we know that Joe Pesci's crazy but we all kind of put up with it but it's just he's getting too crazy he's going too uh, overboard he's not slowing down he's getting worse and something needs to be done. These murders, I was just like, it's a civil rights protest and oh, that guy had to die and oh, this this thing. And just very disjointed, unfortunately. No, oh man, no, definitely. I can't believe I'm saying this.
1: No, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And the more you think about it, the like you said, the, the more missed opportunities you see. I'm going gonna, gonna to ask more people about this. I want to play off of opinions. And obviously, you know, if you are listening, you psychopath, then please leave a comment. <laughs> like, does a lack of knowledge about this film enhance the viewing experience? Because I can imagine that it would. I, um, Because then you don't get to focus on as much of that and you can just enjoy it as a fable which again is what some people would argue you should see it as But just mm. a fable that happens to not only purport to be true and that's again, controversially this film does market itself as the true story of the Hoffa murder yes. which I think is bold I think is acceptable to, to my knowledge other than people against people which is seemingly from my brief sojourn into mafia history is the entire of mafia historiography mm. is just a person debates another person because each of their sources said a different thing yes. um, there's barely anything written which is um fascinating in terms of how you could historiography around around that. But yeah, so I, I guess for as 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 legitimate as mafia stories go, they can they can tout it as such. And I know obviously the publisher of the book defends it quite rapidly. Hmm. But I, I do think it's really interesting that you know for for something that is purportedly true and for something that is clearly like you know like you pass loads of historical points. Like you know we, we go from World War Two and obviously in the book Frank Sheeran grows up in the Depression. So you go from sort of like the Depression all the way through to the invasion of Iraq playing at the bottom of the Fox News thing in uh, so you know it's a a real birth of American history is a present and you know a wonderful story I can see why Robert De Niro said he doesn't care if it's true because it's such a meaningful American tale
0: saga and I do (laughs) I do agree with that I definitely agree with that
1: to do that you need to pay homage to those things that you're citing you can't just meaning meaninglessly you know cite Cuba or the Bay of Pigs or Mm. the you know the Kennedy assassination Robert Robert Kennedy the unions um, Watergate the, the you know there's like so many things that it invokes and discards that you've either got to take it as being unconcerned with telling a coherent story or just like completely incompetent and neither is that good obviously why I guess one is better because it's intent but you have to ask yourself what was Martin Scorsese trying to portray at that point because I certainly don't think he did the life of Frank Sheeran justice as Frank Sheeran told it I guess he captured the essence of certain parts of these characters lives but it certainly didn't catch the arc that Frank Sheeran tries to portray the three of them as having been on yes and as such and it's not like he replaces that with a better arc or his own version of the arc basically the only thing that combines them all in any sense is the opinion of the daughter on Hoffa and Buffalina respectively in that she liked one and did not like the other and i guess yeah, that's yeah. supposed to represent frank's fall or wrong decision I,
0: I don't know what the movie's trying to tell me of that from what aaron has told me about this book of which we've had extensive conversation and also the pretty serious like ravenous research that i've been doing into hoffer and the period the buffalinos and then yeah just wider frank stuff the problem is is it is such a sprawling and interesting story and you could get some key points out of it when deciding to tell that story but the thing that's most surprising is all that's happened is they've taken something that's really varied and very unique and would have been a great high point for Scorsese and then they've just put it in a Scorsese straight jacket that actually suppresses a lot of what's interesting about it and a lot of what would make it work. Yeah. The best thing I can say about it is that the elderly Frank Frank stuff with regards to, you know, he just lives beyond this murder, lives beyond his family being interested in him, and becomes an old guy in a home who isn't really sure about how he's lived his life is interesting. And that, again, they've never really gone that far with a Scorsese movie before, so that could have been the shit. Even, even then, uh, not as well executed as i wish that it was
1: yeah because like you said yeah that stuff was some of the best and even that was so half formed compared to how i thought it Mm -hmm. could have been because like you said if that if that was supposed to be the central thrust to co-opt your word of this narrative (laughs) then it could have at least started like that if you didn't come here for a rewrite i apologize but um i think like one way to really do that would have been to start with a a surrogate for charles brandt if he doesn't want his own name attached to this i imagine he would he seems like the kind of guy who does yeah If, if if you like have him talking to frank have them meeting Like, their meeting is fascinating... Um, he is, you know, he well, as he tells it, associates of, of Frank from the unions and the mob uh contact him to get him out of prison on medical on medical practices because the man's dying, the man's like becoming ever more crippled in this horrible state penitentiary that he quite rightly earned himself a place in. Jesus, uh, you know, he 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 frees him from that, and then Frank tries to fuck him out of a fee. He's like, oh, I'll pay you if you do another case, and he's like, No, fuck off. And then they leave each other, and that's the bit where I told you that no, the guy said no one speaks to Frank Shuren like that. Yeah, and then that's when Frank decides to. Con- contact him. They spend a night together talking about loads of stuff and then Frank gets spooked and doesn't talk about anything for eight years, as Charles Brandt tells it, until he contacts him again. He's even older, he's even more dying now. And then mm. they go spend like a couple of years going through the entire thing very slowly. They also drive and visit the, the house together, the Hoffer house. That's a really it, interesting anecdote. A really, yeah, really interesting t- tale in the book is um, is that visit. Frank, that's, that's where the peace conversation I was talking about earlier, like Frank is really, he's basically like sort of like semi-demented at this. He's taking medication that sometimes makes him see people and as he they go into detroit he st- the way brant writes it is he started to get concerned that he was in danger because of that and like yeah that's where he asks for a gun <laughs> which I, again what a lovely like why wasn't that in there that would have been a lovely like moment do you could have done it like and, and again i don't like the film but you could have done it like the titanic them going through the the haunted halls of this story if you wanted to show how meaningless it all was show an old bastard and some lawyer
0: Picking through the remains of a criminal empire, and the thing is, is you know, movies, movies, while they rarely tackle this subject, movies are like the best art form ever for unreliable narrators, or like like American Animals last year, one of my favourite movies of that year. It's just a, like Fight Club, unreliable no- narrator, like lo- loads of them. They're really, really good, and. You could have all of the movie of The Irishman, and, you, you know, obviously better, <laughs> but then, yeah, the, this this situation with Brand, and then you don't even have to say the true story. You can add into the narrative why his testimony is compelling, the parts of it that it's very, very strange that he was able to get right, such as the pattern of blood, you know, the way that Hoffer fell, it was consistent with the crime scene, and then you can just end it with, we don't know if it was true... Yeah, seems or, like it was though and th- that's known. even mm-hmm. more compelling yeah, exactly so- it
1: could be the greatest it just not yeah it doesn't even have to be the because they they portray it as like what happened to him but you don't need to do that you could just have it as what happened to him like yeah. it's portraying it as like one narrative of many which it is is great I think, I think that would have been wonderful because then you could compound both you get your, have your cake and eat it then because not only can you have it be about that and the potential untruth of it, you could also have it be about the pointlessness of it all. The you know the age, the fact that irrespective of what happened, it is now lost to time, and that no one person will be able to probably, short of some miracle, or ever actually give a definitive history of this and all this time struggle, travels. bloodshed, money was for basically nothing. Like you know, the Buffalino family, as far as like I can tell, barely exists anymore though again that mm. is something that Charles Brandt disputes which I find very interesting and there's a bunch of like different entities involved in this that are just no longer a thing like you know I mean James Hoffa's son is the president of the, un- of the union still but it's a vastly diminished union and you know like you said Frank's own children di- ha- did- didn't want anything to do with him by the end of it mm. you know he drove away one-, one wife the other one died of nat- natural causes as far as I'm aware so like yeah what was it all in favour of that would have been an incredibly poignant topic for a film and
0: a perfect closer to I mean <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> well, because uh, the thing is, is he—he's what he's great at is his innate Catholicism and his Catholic guilt and his pride cometh before the fall. And you know, you see that—that's in loads of his movies. I mean, it happens in for to Henry Hill. Henry Hill sells out his brothers. He Judas is out. And then ends up with nothing. The departed. Everything the toxicity of the situation results in everyone dying. This could have taken that to its logical conclusion. In that, well, I mean, what I like about actually um casino is the character of Ace Rothstein. He survives, but loses everything. So he he still has his money and he still has his jobs, but Pesci dies, his wife dies, he loses you know, he loses his family, he loses his casinos. But then because he's just a little bit wilier than everyone else, he gets to carry on doing like accounting or something. And, you know, that's that's it. And you see him, I guess the point is you see him a few years after the events or the final people getting whacked in Casino. Mm-hmm. Because they tried to whack him and they failed to because he was so paranoid and smart. And then it's, you know, it's just him sitting there at his desk and now he does other stuff. And it's like, that's a cold, sad ending. It's like he lived, but he doesn't have anything. And we could have had more of that with this.
1: Definitely. Yeah, totally. You actually, no, no, that's great, because you really made me remember something. This book, Frank is such a big Catholic in this, in that book, like, the whole reason he confesses is because he is like, squaring away of the Lord, like, and, and you yeah, know, it goes into that briefly in the film with the priest, yes. but how the hell was Martin Scorsese not attracted to that as, like, a, you know, you're right, like, the entire thing reeks of Catholic guilt. Like, how was the entire film not a confessional? I mean, maybe he got stung by the, by silence. <laughs> maybe he was Whoa. like, I'm
0: avoiding that now. <laughs>
1: people don't like that anymore.
0: <laughs> I have a I have a genuine theory on this Ooh, actually. Exciting. I think that I think that Scorsese did manifestation honest manifestations of Catholic guilt in his art when he was younger because he thought he might survive a lot longer and that you can defer God. But the problem is is Martin Scorsese is old now and he can't take a nuanced or sometimes like grim approach to faith in the way that I think he used to inadvertently because silence was a movie that I was really excited for but then all of the moral ambiguity or anything that was gonna make it interesting about is God actually there was lost because at the end of the movie it was just like no don't worry even after all that we actually are still Christians then you have that like rising score when it turns out that he's in the barrel and he's still got his cross it's like yeah he was a Christian all along like that's that's a piece of faith propaganda that's not amusing on you know that's not fear and trembling. And I, I, think that, I think that he's lost it. I don't think he can have the, He's too close
1: now. He's too close yeah, to annihilation. Yeah, he's,
0: he's too close. So he can't, he can't... So with Frank, what would be interesting is it's just like, you know, this whole confessional aspect, like you say, run with that hard. But it's like, I don't think Scorsese has it in him to have the narrative be, oh, but can you be forgiven? And in fact, Frank, is there any point? Is there anything there? Because Scorsese will die at some point, probably in the not so near future or near future, so... I don't think I don't think he can fuck around with that, and I'm not saying that's a problem. Love Scorsese, used to worship him as some kind of minor god, but yeah, yeah, I don't think he can do it now. I think he's just got to be like a oh, Jesus.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess so. That's really tragic. At one point, you said probably there, and I thought you were doing that to be safe, just in case he doesn't die, like, like in yes. case we like you know we invent the cure for death in that next couple of years, and you look really stupid. I, I was going to respect you for uh, you know uh, ticking all the boxes there, but. <laughs> 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 um yeah no it's um yeah the film is a, is a lost opportunity but in, like i said in a, in a way I, I think i did enjoy it more than you but i do think that that is nearly entirely down to having read the book and that's terrible that is a terrible like damning indictment of the film yeah, yeah exactly which should be a complete product can't help but be a bit disappointed um i think it, yeah this is the end of his career which he certainly doesn't think it's going to be i you know like you said he's well actually it depends on the interview in one interview he's got five more projects planned in another one he's like i'm dead tomorrow like it's no i guess that's what happens when you get old maybe maybe you get a bit more i guess you gotta think about it more but come touch and go yeah depends on how he wakes up if he wakes up feeling bad he's like oh this is it <laughs> yeah, he wakes yeah. up feeling good he's like oh man i'm gonna make a uh, goodfellas too. you you watch this
0: that's the impression yeah it's just like it, you know because it's imdb obviously it's still like sinatra all these other fucking roosevelt movies roosevelt was the one wasn't yeah, it roosevelt <laughs> roosevelt which i believe trilogy t- tell me if i'm right yeah exactly <laughs> trilogy of roosevelt movies and then other ones he's just like this might be it you know this this might be it marvel sucks this might be it people don't live forever marvel sucks life's a roller coaster i'm nearly at the end of the roller coaster <laughs> <laughs> oh god I miss cocaine
1: <laughs> I miss all my friends <laughs> oh god he's still got three of his friends though just one I want to talk about this quickly apparently Robert De Niro and Scorsese had to like actually beg Joe Pesci to come back like to the point of which like the first couple rungs of this film didn't even have him in it like they just had to like sadly oh, wow. begrudge that he wasn't going to be there and then eventually I guess they won him round I didn't realise how much he hates acting if it was really sad like um, I didn't
0: really know that until you told me
1: yeah no he I was he was um he did an interview he did, he's done precisely one interview with the Irishman two of you count one interview where he refuses to answer the one question he's asked um <sighs> which I don't <laughs> um amazing he yeah no he he just yeah he doesn't seem to have any real love for it but he says he's like maybe thinking about doing more now because he had a moderately good time on the irishman but he says he just hates the press he ha- hates the limelight he can't really he doesn't like ant- like pushing a film he says he wants people to find a film he doesn't want to like tell them to go he has nothing but the same for the people who will like lie about the film they've been in being good on like the oh. interview circuit
0: yeah fair enough, like good he, shout
1: to him, yeah no definitely, and I respect that, but like, yeah, I always feel sad for the guy because like I you know you know he seems to be wanted you know apparently wanted to be a musician, and he you know is a musician, but like to a much less degree uh, lesser extent than he is a...
0: he can you know no, he, g- not, he can not... enjoy music as much as he wants. He's got all the time in the world and all the money for as many instruments. No, no, I but no, but no, one's, massive...
1: but no one's like you know. I'm not fucking downloading his like new album, which I think is probably what he'd prefer. Yeah, i obviously I don't pity the man. Like he's a fucking millionaire. He can do what he wants. <laughs> but all I'm saying is like when you when I'm watching him in that little interview talk about it, like I'm like oh god. Like especially like watch see if you can find that interview. I think it's like the the only premiere he went to, which is the main premiere. He refused to go to any other ones. He's on like a panel where they're doing an interview. He's asked one question. He refuses to answer it, and he looks so sad and miserable to be there. And I'm just like, you should. I think it's the it's the opposite, isn't it? Everyone else is fucking ecstatic. Like Scorsese's finally got the film out. niro has yeah. got a book he's wanted to adapt for a decade out. Anna Paquin's just happy to be there. Al Pacino's just happy to be there. <laughs> um, and like Pesci. Joe Pesci just looks like he would be singing in the lounge next door. Then, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I, you know, give these people more than they're due. Much like Prince Andrew, fuck you, Prince Andrew. Of course. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I do, yeah, I do, I do, I do, yeah. You can't help but feel sorry for the guy. Your natural human empathy kicks in for someone. Who looks that miserable. And it was also that small. He's so small. Especially now he's old. He's even smaller. He'd tiny, still kill me, probably. But you know, he's
0: still small. Who literally has a rap single <laughs> that I've listened to loads of times. Amazing.
1: But yeah, where, where do you wanna where do you wanna go from here, my friend? So we're we're not done here. Uh, the we, the Irishman no. doesn't get off this easily. And our beloved trio, Triumvirate of Stars, and their dying director don't get off this <laughs> easily. Because, like we said, like we might have mentioned, this is based on a book, did you know? And This is based on real life after a book. And that layer of filtration from life to book to film is really interesting and we hope to go into it more.
0: So yeah, we're planning on on doing some, one or possibly some, video essays going into the true history of the Irishman. And we're very excited to do them. So watch this space for that. But in the meantime, we've been checked for Traps. We certainly have. And thanks for listening. (laughs) Thank you very much.